Welcome back to season six. Season six. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here we are. Man, I, I felt like a lot of withdrawal over this last like couple of months not doing this episode. We planned a lot for it, but I'm so excited to just be back and here. And we've got so much, so, so much uh, on the docket for this, this season, uh, especially Patreon. Yes. So if you've been following along with us on the Instas and our social media, and if you're on our mailing list, you will have heard that we are doing something new and exciting for season six, which is building a community on Patreon. So Patreon is an online membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support creatives like us. And we have really been working hard to build um, a small community on there of all of our ringers where we can go on and talk. And it works in the way where you pledge a certain amount whatever amount you're comfortable with each month it starts as little as two bucks that you can even technically pledge one buck a month if you wanted to and with that um, depending on how much you pledge comes different benefits so we are very excited about that if you haven't had a chance yet head over to patreon.com slash p-a-r-o-i like put a ring Mm -hmm. on it um to learn more, to sign up, to check out what awesome benefits there are. Um, And one of those benefits was uh, that you get to watch the video of us recording today's podcast episode. Yeah, that's right. And there's a whole bunch of shenanigans that (laughs) you you probably want to check out. So even just at like um, two bucks a month, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That's all that... That would that would that helps us do a whole bunch of stuff, and it's not we're trying to get you know everybody to give us fifty dollars a month. We uh, no definitely two, not two bucks a month, and that as we can get more and more people to do that, that helps us do a whole bunch of different stuff. You guys deserve to have an amazing wedding, and we have a couple of expenses that go along with this podcast, and those little things, um, that little donation every month helps us. Uh, you know, increase our reach and and some of the expenses that come along with this. So um, if you're able to give us some support. So yeah. And even if you sign up now, you'll still get to see the um, the you'll get to see the back video from uh, you'll get to be able to go back words. You'll be able to go back and watch the video <laughs> from this. So it's 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 really pretty cool. We're excited for it. Yeah, but- this this episode rules so hard. Like what a way to start out the, the like our, our sixth season um, with a bang on wedding trends for 2019 and 2020. And the thing that I love most, we, we dove really deep into the guest experience and some of the things that we're really starting to, um, uh, to see like this intentionalism thing, like really looking at every part of your wedding and all the traditions and all that stuff that come along with it and saying, you know what? I'm going to, we're going to do it this way because this has the most meaningful, um, experience for us and for our guests. And, and we just want people to enjoy themselves and have a great time. Yeah. We dove really deep into that. Yeah. And we, we talk a lot about guest experience. We also, um, got into talking about colors. We talked about decor and we talked about something that Dan and I both agreed to that we hate passionately passionately a trend that we hate um so stay tuned uh for what i hope will be a very great episode for you guys to enjoy hey ringers i'm danielle and i'm dan this is the put a ring on it podcast we are two wedding pros sharing everything we can about planning a wedding you ready let's do this Wedding trends for 2019 and 2020. Wow. It's, That's what it's, we're talking about. 
Yeah, we're talking about trends today, guys. Now, um, if you have been a listener of this podcast for some time, we do have an older episode where we talk about wedding trends. I'm pretty sure it's for 2017 that we talk about the trends. But that's a long time ago now. And those trends, uh, some have stayed with us, some have left off. But uh, we are always about giving you guys as much relative recent, I don't know the right word at the moment, information to help you throughout your wedding planning process. Yep. Um, we hate buzzwords and things like wedding trends to be aware of for 2019 as much right. as you guys. Well, right. maybe you do. Um, but we make these episodes to inform you, to inspire you, and to educate you, not to make you feel like you're not doing enough or like, oh, if you don't have all of these things, then your wedding isn't really a Pinterest-worthy wedding because that's all crap and, and BS, and you guys know that if you've been with us for a little bit while here. Yep, um, yep. But yeah, there's there's... I, as a wedding planner, um, it's part of my job to be aware of the different trends that are going on so that I can just, like I do here on the podcast, educate my clients and help guide them in a way that um, is best for them. When I work with my clients, it's on a very individual one-on-one basis. And yep. when we're talking to you guys, it's it's a much different way. So we have, I've, I put together a whole big list of stuff that I'm excited to talk about. And honestly, some yep. of these I like, some of these I don't. Um, but it's my personal opinion on on a lot of that. And it's about doing what's best for you. Yeah, that's right. Danielle said this is our, you know, her personal opinion. And it's mine too, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of this is is just us maybe saying like, okay, we've seen this thing happen at a bunch of weddings uh, and maybe it's time for, we we just feel, oh, maybe it's time for this thing to move on or uh, just know that this is entirely subjective. So if you have, if you've been dreaming of having a uh, rustic burlap tablecloth with um, mason jars and wildflowers in it, be our guest, like absolute, be uh, sorry. Um, guest be anyway, we watched that the other night. Uh, that's why I was in my head. Anyway, uh-huh, sorry. See, sure. that's what you guys are gonna. That's what you guys are gonna see. Just those random things. Um, but know that this is this is just our opinions. Um, and you know who are we? Uh, take take whatever um you want. Uh, if it, as long as it is something that you want and you desire and and something that you've been dreaming for, whatever. If it just stays true to you, that's the goal. You know what I mean? Exactly. And for those of you that are now Patreon supporters, um, please, we'd love to hear you guys chat about this more um, on our Patreon page. Tell us about things you like, things you don't like, things you agree with, things you don't agree with. Um, Share with us what you're doing, um, because that's ultimately why we built the Patreon is to build more of a community for you guys to share and do awesome things. Yeah. And we have, generally speaking, you know, we can surf the internet, we can know what our clients are doing, that kind of stuff. But, but we have a bigger base. If you guys say, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we like. You know, that also informs us to be able to give even more, um, inspiration and, and have our finger a little bit more on the pulse of what's happening and what people are actually doing. So by us helping you, you're helping us. And there's just a whole lot of helping going on. Help us help you. Yeah. The new tagline of the Put a Ring in a Podcast. So um, I broke down um, some of these trends into different categories. Um, we're going to talk about some guest experience. We're going to talk about colors. And we're going to talk about decor. Um, and we're going to try and keep it in in those categories just for um, my own brain's organizational aspect. Um, but let's start with guest experience because totally. I think that's a, a bigger 
part of all of this and, and maybe a more important thing than and some of the other we've stuff. Been talking about, we've been talking about guest experience for forever. I mean, still one of the top episodes uh, is episode three. Episode three? Episode two. What is it? One is it? Episode, episode two. It's, episode it's two. Your party, your party for everybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still, it's crazy. Um, so let's dive into a little bit guest experience, right? Like, wh- what does that mean? Um, I think I think I'm seeing a lot of couples who are almost like I'd call it almost wedding skeptical, uh, where they say like we it's it, we don't want to necessarily be in the spotlight. We see that this is an opportunity for us to have this big, awesome, exciting uh, experience for our guests who are coming in, enjoying themselves. They're having a night off. They're having a, a, a day away from kids or whatever it is to let loose. And so they're, they're designing their experience around that, around guests and, and their experience first, rather than saying like, oh, this is just our day. We're going to do exactly what we want. Right, exactly. And that's what we're seeing as um, a big trend is that uh, people and in couples in particular are shifting away from the idea that this day is all about me, me, me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, realizing that the guest experience is a little bit more of a top priority uh, than I think it has been in probably the past 10, 15 years or so. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's less about the couple. It's more about the guests. Like Dan said, episode two, it's your party for everyone else is, is a big concept. And we actually did another episode. Follow up. Uh, a part two, yeah, which was episode 49, um, where we really unpacked this idea a bit more. Um, I also did a or we also did an episode. Sorry, Dan, I forget you're on this podcast too. Ah. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, we also did an episode um, 38 where we talked about the four fundamentals to hosting a great event. So all of these things that really go back to this idea of of, of it being about your guests and it being about your um, their experience with all of it. Yeah, and if you really want to hear Danielle and her element, listen to episode 38, the four fundamentals of hosting a great event. That's like that's fun. That's like one of those things where you like it's tangibles, right? It is just full blown. Um, you know, these are the things that I can focus on, right? And as somebody yeah. who like who like I just like people to give me um, an opportunity to like do something, like get my hands on something, rather than always inspiration. Like here's some things you need to work on. Do these, Dan. It's like okay, cool. Um, yeah. So just it's a to, good framework for sure. Yeah, just to to break them down. What were they? Um, uh, so four fundamentals to host a great event. So these are the things you want to give your guests. You want to give them food, give them drink, give them entertainment, and make them comfortable. Yep. That's, awesome. that's it. you. You do those four things and you win. That's that's how I look at it. So I win. and and you do them on on uh, as many different levels and um you know you could do it on as as high or low of a budget as you need to. But if you hit those four things um even slightly, then you win. It's like yeah. a pinball machine. Ding 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 yeah. ding 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 ding. So yeah, um moving on because we have a lot of things that we want to talk about. So uh. It, it sort of ties into this idea that the guest experience is a top priority, but another trend that we're going to be seeing um, really come to the forefront is this word of intentionalism. Mm. Now, intentionalism, absolutely a buzzword right now, but the idea being that the decisions you're making as a couple um, are very intentional. They're not just coming out of a wedding magazine or a wedding planning book that you go, oh, okay, uh, right. and then we have to cut a cake, and then we need to toss a bouquet and throw a garter and do all these things. All these things. It's much more about making decisions that feel really good to you as a couple. Obviously, uh, if you've listened to this podcast for any bit of time, you know that's something Dan and I are super passionate about. Yep. Um, We've been ahead it, of the head of the game on intentionalism, apparently. Look at us ahead on trend. You might even say that we were 
inventing intentionalism no, intentionally. Let's absolutely barf not say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> barf. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, it's anyways. it's it's one of those things. Um micro weddings. So um we're going to be doing an episode specifically on this. Specifically on this. So I don't want to get into it too much, but it is something that I am very excited about. Uh if you're unfamiliar, a micro wedding is um kind of a hybrid between eloping and a full traditional wedding where you have usually less than 40 or so people usually closer to about like 20 um, at your wedding where you are just hyper focusing on those 20 people it's truly the most important people in your life um, you can go big or go small doesn't matter but it is a really um, lovely thing and I think that micro weddings just fall under intentionalism really well because it's 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 stepping away from this idea that you have to invite 150 250 people to your wedding and celebrate and do all these things and have a dj and have a band and do all that dan you're making a lot of faces over there i i was way off i thought it was just like a wedding where everything was like really tiny like you had like tiny silverware and like tiny chairs and like uh you know all these like itty bitty like tiny cups I was way off. My brain was in a way different area. <laughs> yeah, Dan, that's the trend is is really teeny tiny forks and knives. <laughs> like Barbie sized <clears throat> furniture and all of that. It's yeah, a little uncomfortable for the guests, but it's very trendy. <laughs> Super hilarious. Can you imagine if you just walked into like a wedding uh, like and you just like look out into this massive like field and it's just like like a little 10 by 10 set of uh uh, like square area with all these like itty bitty little chairs that you've got to like, I don't know, sit. I just think anyway, sorry, brain's not working right now. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Dan goes on a tangent. <laughs> and this is why Danielle runs the episodes because my brain <laughs> is like all over the place. Anyway. And it's how we work well together. So, right. um, so yeah, so we're actually, like I said, we're going to do a whole episode on that, uh, which I'm super excited for. Um, but yeah, and I'm even more excited now because apparently Dan had no idea what we were doing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I was just making a joke. Ugh, uh-huh. Sure, uh, sure, Dan. So, sure. all right. So moving on, moving on. What else are you seeing people being like hyper intentional about? And I would say um, some people are like breaking traditions, right? And we did a whole episode on this, which was um, like unbalanced, mixed, smaller wedding parties, right? So yeah. breaking the whole like groomsmen, bridesmaids thing and having uh, bridesmen and groomsmaids and, and all these different things where people are just saying, you know what? Uh, I've known this person who is a girl uh, or who is a guy for my whole entire life and I'm putting them on, on my side or your side or whatever. And it's just, um, you know, it's like rather than saying, oh, you can't be uh, a part of my my special people because you don't fit in the gender category uh, that is allotted to it. They're just saying, you know what? I, I just want the people who mean the most to me to support me and support us. You right. know, what For more sure. intention is there than that? You know. Sorry, you have boobs. You can't stand on my side. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, really, it's about doing sort of less of the traditions just because and incorporating more of those meaningful elements into your day. And what better trend um, to be a sort of a good guiding light than that intentionalism? Um, yeah. yeah. How about, uh, Dan, I, I, I know you've got the um, my outline here. Do you want to talk about the next one? Minimalism. Um, yeah. It's just something that like... Initially, all right, I'm going to be honest. Initially, it, it, minimalism has popped up over the last year or so, right, with uh, the minimalist guys. What are their names? 
uh, Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. I knew that you would knew their names. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, they popped up and I, I like I generally just thought like, wow, that's kind of an interesting concept. But the more that I the more that I uh, think about it and the more that like life is changing for me and stuff, the more I realize that like there is a lot of things that are distracting about just having a lot of stuff or um, or even even having too many apps on your phone or whatever. And I think that that really easily spills over into weddings where, you know, massive companies and Pinterest and whatever, it's like, okay, well, if you don't have this fancy 10 cake, uh, 10 tier cake, uh, or this, you know, hanging orchids from a ceiling where there's 10,000 orchids, oh, your wedding is going to be terrible. If you don't have this flower arch or this balloon arch or whatever, your wedding's going to be terrible, or you're not going to have a great marriage or whatever. And it's really easy mm-hmm. to just get lost in the minutia of it. And, and at that, you know, three month mark when everything starts falling on top of you, you forget what the whole point is. You forget that it's it's you guys coming together um, and celebrating, you know, your your official start, you know, in life together, you know. Right. And I think um, if anybody does listen to the minimalist podcast, that's um, the two gentlemen I mentioned. That's where they come from. Um, they also had that documentary on Netflix a few years ago, which really a lot of people got um, excited about. And minimalism isn't about having less than X amount of things. It's right. about only having things and only buying things and keeping things in your life that spark joy, as Marie Kondo would say. I mean, we saw a lot of people are talking about the tidying up Netflix special. This is a this is a big thing to a lot of people in today's world world that we all have um, so much stuff, right? And I think it's safe to say that a lot of that stuff we probably really didn't need to start with. Um, I don't yep. know anybody who isn't short on time, energy, or money. I say that all the time. And if we're constantly investing our money into things that eh, we kind of didn't really need, we just saw it and it was shiny and it was sparkly and it was cool. So we bought it because we had to have it. And we thought like, oh, this is going to make me happy. Then yeah we buy it and it sits there and you're like, "Ah, I didn't use that as much as I thought I would. And you know, eh, maybe I didn't need that thing. Obviously there's other things we buy that we absolutely love and adore, but it's about really questioning yourself and saying like, do I really need this thing? And that goes down to your wedding too. Um, Do you really need menu cards at your table? You might, you might've dreamed about those your entire life. And, and then yes, you need menu cards at your table. But if you're like, what in the world are menu cards? Maybe you don't need them. You know what I yep. mean? It's it's about just making sure that, and it honestly it ties in with the intentionalism thing, but about really just simplifying the day and um, making it about what's really going on, right? You're sharing this celebration. You're sharing this um, commitment, this partnership with your favorite people on the planet. And to do that, you, what do I say? You need three things to get married. You need someone to marry you, a marriage license, someone to marry, maybe a cute outfit, right? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, everything else is the party. So you can pick and choose if you want a centerpiece on the table or not. It's yeah. It's kind of up to you. Um, you're still married either way. Yeah, yeah. And in that same vein, kind of moving on to the next one, uh, which would be focusing on sustainability, right? So um, I feel like that kind of similarly goes with minimalism because, you know, like, all right, so whenever I yes. think of, uh, and forgive me here, I feel like maybe I'm committing like a sin. Um, 
when you when you start looking about how much paper uh, we start sending out, like how much paper is is included in save the dates, and I know that I'm a photographer and I'm supposed to you know help us save the dates and put photos on them, um, and and when you look at how much paper is uh, included in the invitations. You know, sometimes it's just a, a single one page thing. Sometimes it's, you know, three or four cards with a, a belly band wrapped around them and then an envelope and another envelope that goes inside that envelope and then a liner for that envelope. It's like all these things, right? So there's definitely people uh, starting to move away from, you know, all this stuff. And uh, one of the things I saw recently was a card that what you could plant. So it had seeds inside of it and it had wildflowers that you, you could actually physically plant the card and it grows into wildflowers. So uh, that's like one like base level where, where people are starting to move towards uh, saying, hey, you know, there's a lot of waste or there's um, uh, a lot of things that are only used once here. Uh, right. So how can we repurpose them and, you know, move them through more life cycles than just, you know, one one day thing, you know? Exactly. It's about um, bringing to light that, like Dan said, bringing to light the fact that there is so much waste involved on a wedding day on this one day yeah. um, and, and money invested with that waste, right? So if you can find ways to either eliminate it altogether or find ways to extend its life further, mm -hmm. um, even if it's just one percent of your entire plan of your wedding, even if it's just like one little thing that you do yep. to to make your, your wedding just slightly more sustainable, then that's great. You know what I mean? I think you can always do more. Uh, at the same sense, I think you can really get stuck down being like, oh, but our favors are gonna come in boxes and and, and packaging, you know, I think it's, you, you can't do everything, everything yeah. right? Um, maybe you can, but it's a lot. Well, I guess harder should be dedicated that you can't do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Dedicated. Um, but it doesn't make you a bad person for not doing everything. I think even doing a small part, if everybody did that small part, think of think of the changes and the yeah, the bigger. everything. Yeah. That it could have on, on our yeah. on our lovely world. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I know you're seeing and I'm seeing is um, donating extra food um, to homeless shelters. But also one of the things that I feel like is such a small gesture yes. um, is donating extra flowers to um, hospitals or senior citizens homes. And if you've never had a grandparent in long-term care or anything, um, you, it, that like those small gestures bring an amazing amount of joy to people who generally are probably stuck inside for, for a lot of the time. If you're having a, a late fall or early winter wedding, um, those flowers in, in a room, like a community room where a lot of these older folks can't get outside or whatever, bring an amazing amount of joy and, and brightness to their life. So that's, I feel like an easy one. Um, I'm gonna have to look up and see, you know, maybe there's like a service that that can come get the the florals, or maybe you can work with your your florist on that specific thing. But um, I'd be curious to figure out details about that. Yeah, there are there are many florists who offer that as a service. Oh, um, there cool. are other people who will just do that for you as well. Um, it's it, sometimes it's about asking an aunt or uncle that hey, after the wedding. Um, you know that that person that's coming to you saying hey, we really want to help. How can we help? Give them that job. Um, I yeah. think it's a great thing just to give you a behind the scenes uh, view into a not so glamorous part of our world is after that wedding is over, um, if the couple or no one from the couple's group takes those flowers and it hasn't otherwise been arranged, all of those flowers are garbage. They all get yep. thrown into big garbage bags and tossed. Um, yep. It is 
it is so sad. That and cake, the amount of cake that gets thrown away should be illegal, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Let me Um, tell you something. (laughs) It is heartbreaking to see that much cake in the trash at the end of the night. Um, But it's it's little things that I think we can all do to really make an impact and to, you know, whether it's to um, extend the life of something or to provide joy to somebody else um, outside of that, your little world of weddings. I think it's a, I think it's a really big deal. And if you can't do it, don't feel bad. That's not the point. Um, But if you can, um, or if you can even look into it, I think you might be surprised with the options that are out there for sure. Totally. Okay. Uh, So speaking of cake, um, another trend that we're seeing coming up for this year are more thoughtful and creative food and drink options. Um, So what that means, I know, right? Um, We go from talking about sustainability to talking about this craziness, but (laughs) stay with us. Um, So one of the things that we're seeing is interactive stations. This is really popular cocktail hour where instead of it just being a table with, you know, some cheeses, crackers and meats or vegetables that you can go pick at, it is actually very interactive stations. There is a guy or a lady standing back there making pasta where you get to choose your pasta and choose your sauce. And they give you this little dish of pasta during cocktail hour. Or maybe it's like a mashed potato station where you get to pick whether you want to regular potato or a sweet potato and all these toppings it's very um immersive it's very interactive um we're seeing grazing tables where uh yeah think of like a a charcuterie board or cheese board like on steroids a charcuterie board um on steroids where it is just um Hmm. food on top of food though that goes back to the sustainability thing maybe that's not great but it is where people are just walking up and just like grazing they're just picking off the tables and just eating what they like um and doing all of that what's another Hmm. one oh um i'm actually excited we have a few of these this year we have um these tiny trailers where hmm. uh, instead of, especially if your venue has, um, is a lot of, instead of, if, if your venue has um, a lot of things that you have to bring in yourself, including a bar, there's these little trailers that um, you can hire. They basically bring everything. They're a full bar. Some provide alcohol, some you still Whoa. have to provide the alcohol, but they bring the bartenders, the glassware, the the mixers, the fruits, the, the flair, the signs, the everything you need. And it's a little trailer that comes and you know it's parked on the property and guests walk up to that and that's, that's sort of the bar for that's the night. That's awesome. It is, it's really cool. It's visually, it's really pretty. Um, and it takes it a step up than an eight foot table with a linen on it with the bartender behind it. Not that there's there's anything right. wrong with that but it nope. honestly when it comes to the cost of it all once you factor in the your bartenders your glassware all of those things it's not ending up being that much, much or even any more expensive than if you pull everything together piecemeal and gotcha. you have a little bit cooler of an experience for your guests so hmm. that's pretty exciting interesting speaking of cool experience for your guests this one might blow some people away how about a surprise wedding yep yeah so if you are <laughs> present at all on social media, I feel like you've probably seen one or these one or two of these pop up in your feed. Um, surprise weddings where guests show up thinking it's your engagement party, a birthday party, whatever it is, but instead you have a full blown wedding that yep. they're like, "What is happening?" Wasn't uh, there wasn't there like a television show a couple years ago where the guy proposed? It was like a flash mob where this guy proposed. 
at the end of it. And then they literally like flipped everything around. All of her family and his family all came out and they got married right there. Do you remember yes. that? I don't remember the flash mob part of it. Um, I do remember there was a guy who proposed and she said yes. And immediately it turned uh, right into a wedding where she showed up and it was all planned. He had done it all for her. And I think the premise was that he knew that she would stress the F out trying to do it herself. And he just wanted to um, to take care of that for her and make this beautiful day. Uh, pros and cons to that. Uh, fellas, proceed with caution. <laughs> <That's all> <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think... Uh, in my personal opinion, if you're going to do a surprise, I think you should both be on the same page and surprise 100%. your guests. Um, I would also um, argue that I think it's important to loop in those people in your life that would want to be involved. If you have a mama um, who is just who loves you to bits and has always dreamed about planning your wedding with you, I think it's it's not necessarily fair to completely take away that element from her, uh, that experience from her. I think it'd be, I think it, you might be left with some, some left out feelings, some hurt feelings. And yeah. I don't know. I, that's, that's my personal opinion. This is where you as a couple know you and your family best to make the best decision for you. Um, anyway. Colors. Totally changing topics now, yeah. Yeah, let's change. Uh, yeah, um, I don't. I I don't want to get into this too much because I think we all have our favorite colors, right? Yep. Um, but I do think it's worth talking about. It falls under trends, and here we go. Yep. Go. So with colors, there's two different trends that we're seeing. First is this like dark, edgy, moody vibe with like dark plums and emeralds and navy, which navy is always in style, in my opinion. Love but, it. Like a lot more black it is not um it is no longer taboo to do like a black linen with a black napkin and a, like a really just moody uh, edgy space i love black guys so think about um, think about lauren and sean's wedding from last uh february yep. 2018 oh it's beautiful yeah. Yeah, with the face you just made did not match. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, it was supposed to be like a drooling sound. Anyway, yeah. sorry. So, if, so that's a that's a great example. Um, Lauren and Sean, wonderful couple. They got married on a rooftop in uh, a beautiful hotel in New York City, and yep. um, it wasn't a super bright space. And Lauren and I talked about it. Uh, left, right, and sideways. Um, she really wanted to do black linens. And a lot of her family was saying, oh my God, don't do it. It's going to be so dark. It's going to be depressing. And it was incredible. gorgeous. Um, it was the whole incredible. thing was lit up with candles. So it wasn't dark and depressing by any stretch. It was it was romantic and magical and amazing and perfect and wonderful. And I loved it. And y'all don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but she 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 took a risk, you know what I mean? Yep. And because at the time, I don't think we were seeing it anywhere near as much. Um, I'm a big fan of black linen, so I really pushed for it. Um, yep. <laughs> and it was fun. Uh, so yeah, that's one side of it. On the other side of it, yep. uh, neutrals. neutrals. Yeah, so neutrals... Like will always be classic, right? Um, just just beautiful neutrals where um, there's there's not too much color coming through, but what we're seeing is neutrals with a pop of color. So you don't yep. have to like have the entire rainbow in your wedding, but you can have this like beautiful neutral palette with like a pop of red, a pop of blue, a pop of whatever color makes sense to you, whatever color you like, whatever it is. Um, definitely less of the like all neutral with like the super light blush tones and things like that. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with blush i love blush but uh instead of blush it'd be more of like a bright coral color not that kind of blush tan um like i'm <laughs> dance putting on makeup over there um 
you're but yeah this like bright corals and and things like that so that's yeah. very exciting yeah totally awesome i I have yet to see many metallics, but I know that they're in. Um, I, I definitely have been seeing a lot of the like dark and edgy uh, in a lot of my past uh, past weddings this past year. And I mean, we'll see what happens this year. But um, uh, tell me more about these metallics, because I know that you were saying like gold is still in. I, I've seen gold a couple times, like these gold shimmery dresses for the bridesmaids dresses. But Kind of. Um, yeah, do tell. So when we talk about metallics, there's usually elements of weddings that by nature are metals, right? There, there's there's silverware, there's uh, chargers, there's vessels that flowers are going into, there's jewelry, there's accessories, there's things like that. Um, so when we talk about metallics, it's not necessarily that um, it's, a, it's a gold shimmery sequin linen, but there's these little accents of it that are scattered throughout the day. With any type, anytime you're dealing with design, and I am not a design expert, by any stretch, but you're always trying to mix in, you know, textures and metals. And it's always about all these different things coming together in a way that's really cohesive and nice and that they all play well together. So um, like, yeah, Dan, like you said, so gold in our world of metallics is, is very much still hanging around as a classic. I don't see gold going anywhere. Um, Rose gold, however, which has come up uh, very uh, moved itself up the ranks is now starting to move back down. It's less of a unique color now. It's yes, less of a unique metallic. I still think it's really beautiful, but I think there's less of a uh, a request for it. Instead, we're seeing more with like copper, and honestly, silver is starting to make a comeback now, which is exciting. Mm. I love copper, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I, I love I would I love copper everything. Um, but yeah, copper and silver. I'm not a big silver fan. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I think it could be stunning. But I always lean towards the more like warmer, like copper, golds, and things like that, personally. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge gold fan, but I could see copper being really cool for some things. Like like imagine doing some, some different candle holders and things out of like mm-hmm. – copper pipes like something really really crazy like industrial like industrial looking well think about a place like like steel stacks or something that that could totally work right Uh, right right. guys don't put don't put candles in copper tubing because you'll they'll melt (laughs) the copper tubing fire and fire and copper yeah you can just like put fire in copper oh bummer consult your local fire marshal before lighting (laughs) fire i'm sure there's a way to do it but i don't know have to figure that out anyway yeah yeah so speaking of uh centerpieces and all that kind of stuff let's move a little bit to decor um and i feel like i maybe have a little bit more to say here but i'm gonna let you start (laughs) you you have more to say on the decor front (laughs) yes Um, i do yeah so i honestly again this is all coming from the trends the um the education i've been getting um Mm -hmm. and these are things just a disclaimer again these are things that we are sharing with you guys to um so that when you show up to your meetings with your florist, with your caterer, with your rental company, you have this education and you can see whether this florist that you're interviewing is ahead of the trend or behind of the trend. Or, um, you know, what are they bringing to the table that's new and unique that aligns with what it is you're looking right. for? And you now right. have this information to go into it being like, yes, I know this is very popular this year. So what do you what options do you have for me there? And they look at you if they look at you like a deer in headlights, then, you know, hmm, this person is a little bit more traditional and maybe that's a good thing for you maybe that's a bad thing for you so um uh we're just gonna start with a bit of a bomb yeah um let's let's say that the uh the country rustic 
people everybody knows what that is um is yeah. we're oh all right so we're still seeing like mismatched like vintage pieces and and things like that um but that that country rustic idea is kind of on its way out so think like uh less rustic in the chalkboard mason jar and burlap department right sorry everybody i know chalkboards are still um cool i love them uh Mm -hmm. but they're no longer new they're no longer new in the same sense that they were uh two three years ago especially we're here on the east coast where we get trends even a little bit farther behind if you're listening to this and you're on the west coast some of these things might be like "Uh, yeah duh no no shenanigans that this is this is a, a trend coming up but um we are still even up until last year seeing things with a lot of burlap and a lot of mason jars and guys um they're just not quite as exciting as they used to be um i can also make a lot of arguments as why burlap is not a good idea it is itchy it falls apart it stinks it sheds it gets in food it gets in drinks flammable. it is well probably flammable yeah that's true um it's not as great as we think yeah. Um, now that we're just talking about this, I'm, I'm just drawing a connection back to the coppers and metallics and stuff. One of the things that I have been seeing is um, all right. So we used to see the giant chalkboard with like names and tables and stuff written on it. Now I feel like I've been seeing a lot of mirrors with uh, like these like very ornate, beautiful golden mirrors with, you know, uh, um, an ornate frame around or something. And then people writing names on that. So there's these massive mirrors. And that's where everybody's names uh, and tables are written on there. Um, so that's kind of interesting. That that's a, a has that been around for a while? I feel like I'm just starting to really see that pop up a bunch over this last year, mm-hmm. and maybe that's, really will pop up this year. Yeah, mm. I think that's what's taking the place of chalkboards. Definitely mirrors. Acrylic is a big thing. Which mm. pros and cons to using that clear acrylic? Uh, wood glass all of these different things where you still have the handwritten element look at that little cat behind you climbing up the wall um but you still have the handwritten element uh but it's not necessarily in in chalkboard form where it has this like like dan said the country rustic feel to it yeah yeah now speaking of feel um there are um Obviously, florals are never going to go anywhere. Letting you take this one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't even know how to pronounce that word. (laughs) um, But there are things coming up that... that you're going to start seeing a lot, especially in Pinterest, on Style Me Pretty, green wedding shoes, all the top wedding blogs that are out there. And that is um, non-floral decor elements as part of your centerpieces and your ceremony decor and all that. Things like pompous grass, which um, pompous grass is this like tan, (laughs) fluffy thing. uh, P-A-M-P-A-S if you want to Google it if you're not driving at the moment. But it has this ton of great texture. It's huge. It's really tall or can be really tall. It's actually native to South America, so therefore not cheap. So when we talk about things like that, know that these are things that come with a price tag as always. But things like pompous grass, wheat, um, non-floral traditional non-traditional floral decor is what just it is. grass that thinks it's better than everybody else i'm it the best does. grass in the world i'm tan pompous i'm grass. fluffy i'm fluffy i'm fluffy i'm you fluffy. pompous grass <laughs> that's exactly what it is spelled differently yeah anyway yeah. sorry yeah um so in that same vein, uh, I, I've definitely been seeing a lot of people uh, trying to bring the outdoors in. There's yes. one a florist 
uh, I, she's more of an event designer, I guess you could call it in Philly, um, who does this a really amazing work where she'll bring like part of trees inside and build like these amazing structures for the ceremony or reception where, um, like a, you know, branches or something will start in the corner of the room and they just like kind of bring up and spider out over top of the, the, the ceremony area where everybody's sitting. It's really amazing to, to transform an interior space to bring these, um, you know, natural earthen elements inside uh, and transform the space in that way. Yeah, 100%. And it's also, when we talk about bringing the outdoors in, we're also seeing a lot of like outdoor furniture um, being brought in to create these like fun little seating areas. Obviously, this only works in certain in certain venues because right. this isn't something you would do just anywhere. Um, but it, these, instead of, you know, the vintage sofas and things like that, we're seeing the, um, what is that type of furniture where it's like, Adirondack chairs and that kind of stuff. That more so the um like is it rattan furniture? Uh, where the um I'll have to Google it because it, that it's I'm probably also not saying it right. Um, but it's 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 and y'all are listening that that know what I'm talking about are screaming at your um at your <laughs> uh, at your headphones right now. But yeah, it's it's a type of furniture where it's like weaved and lighter uh, in weight. Yeah. That's also wicker. Yes. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> I should have wrote it down. Um, what was the yeah. first word you said? Rattan. I still, if I Google rattan. it, I'm going to screw up our internet. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, rattan. R-A-T-T-A-N. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm going to look it up. So, and, and- uh, yeah, uh, Dan, keep, p- plow on. Um, all right. So continuing with that same idea of bringing out- outside indoors, um, floral walls or greenery walls um as a uh, coming inside and literally creating an entire uh section of a room that's all greenery um is something that's huge and i wonder if that is uh part in parcel of what happened at the second royal wedding between harry and Meghan with that big floral arch were you seeing it before that or do you think that that spilled over a little bit and created this new thing what do you think uh, sorry, what new thing are you talking about? The I floral walls. The floral walls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, r- hold on, because I, I can't get off of You're this going- now. I Googled <laughs> it. It's That's rattan furniture, and that's what we're oh. seeing. R-A-T-T-A-N, if you guys Google it too. I yeah. was right. Also wicker, um, but that specifically is what I was thinking. So, um, so yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Def- yeah, whatever you said, yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, Thank you. Uh, so sorry. You were saying about um, the royal wedding. The royal wedding absolutely influences stuff like this. Um, I think it comes down to, again, budget. The royal wedding comes with, as we've talked about in the royal wedding yeah. episode, a hefty, hefty budget um, that many of us are do not have the um, opportunity to be working with. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the other thing I've seen that as? Um, the... Uh, I've seen people creating this, the floral walls and the greenery walls as backdrops for photo booths and, and like these DIY uh, Polaroid booths and things like that. Um, but also as a backdrop. Oh, that's the other place I saw it. Where was that? Um, it was uh, the the space behind the sweetheart table uh, for the couple wasn't exactly the the prettiest so they built like a little floral wall directly behind them um to kind of mask some of the exit signs and doors and whatever that were back there it didn't fully mask the exit signs because i'm pretty sure that would be illegal and if there's any fire marshals listening uh please don't 
hurt us. Fun fact, I just, uh, I was just at an educational conference and we actually did have a fire marshal come in. Um, I learned a crap ton just about really things that you can and can't do when it comes to designing spaces and doing all of oh. that. Um, yeah, any, sorry, that just made me think of that when you said blocking the exit signs. It was immediately like, alert, 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 alert. <laughs> See because, how I set you up for that one there? It, oh, thanks, Dan. I didn't even realize that. And now I realize why I was confused about what you're talking about when I get distracted in Googling the rattan. It's because you skipped something in my document, Dan. I didn't. Guess you did. You you skipped. I want to talk about centerpieces. Okay. Did you talk about that? No, I was still on exactly. centerpieces uh, in, or I was still on bringing the out the outdoors in. Oh. I didn't skip anything. I was still on bringing the outdoors in because of the floral archway that was over top of the ceremony space, and I wonder if that was bringing, uh, that was like spilling over into the floral walls and, gotcha, and these like gotcha, big, gotcha, gotcha. yeah, yeah. I didn't skip anything. I, I know better by now. <laughs> to item E, and we're only on item. D, okay nope. so <laughs> okay so sorry I, I totally see where you're going with that gotcha. um and sorry I that was that was rude of me to get distracted and not pay attention to a word of what you were saying um but yeah can we talk about centerpieces now yeah totally <laughs> okay so centerpieces um in the past there has been this uh this this desire for these high opulent beautiful centerpieces right things that just like stretch right up to your ceiling especially if you've got high ceilings in your venues and i still think that those aren't necessarily bad things but um lower centerpieces are coming back as being totally okay really really beautiful i think it comes back into the intentionalism and minimalism that we were talking about at the beginning that um you don't need a six foot high centerpiece to impress your guest you just yeah. need to give them a beautiful environment at whatever budget that you have to work with and that's okay but like if you have this beautiful long flowing garland going down your table that's awesome and it's easier for guests to talk to each other without this huge thing in the middle of the table yeah, that definitely uh, is, I think, a byproduct of the intentionalism and minimalism movement because I'll tell you what, it's so one of the things I really like to do at weddings is walk around and just like, I don't do table pictures. Most people don't want them anymore anyway. But I do right. like to do is, is walk around and just get pictures of people who are, you know, sitting at the table talking or whatever, maybe while the rest of the wedding is on the dance floor or something. Not everybody loves the dance floor. And those those big centerpieces sometimes make it very difficult to shoot from across the table at people sitting there. They're, you know, arm wrapped around each other, couples or something sitting at the table. And um, that they're beautiful right like big centerpieces are beautiful but they're just they they it's like putting a big wall up so like people on this side of the table can't talk to the other people and i love those like small little uh lanterns or just like these little beautiful floral you know uh centerpiece arrangement that's um just in a little bit of the table keeps it nice and simple and allows everybody to fully interact Right. Goes back to that yeah. guest experience again. Yep. And, uh, you know, we've said it before, not that the, the day is about whether or not Dan can take photos easily or not. But if right. Dan's having a hard time taking photos, think about what the guests on the other side of the table is experiencing when it comes to just interacting with everybody. So or or being able to see the first dance or father daughter dances so or, 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 you know, mother son dance. All that stuff is just like imagine if there's 10 tables in the way of you and the dance floor. There's no way they're going to be able to see now. Well, know? all the more reason to get your bum on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so moving on to the next thing, which I thought you were talking about earlier, but you were not talking about. You were following the order. Thank you, Dan. Moving on. <laughs> we are seeing uh, more balloon walls and balloon arches. Uh, so do you know what I'm talking about, Dan? Yeah. Balloons feel very, very clowny to me, though. And 
I'm going to say this. Um, when I saw this on the outline, I looked it up, and they're it's pretty cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think they're kind of interesting. But all I could think of was like like a I don't know like a weird clown being like, whoa, let me put your balloon arch together, whoa, and like, but no, yeah, they're like kind of classy and interesting. It's- it's not the balloon arch that we see at like the finish line of marathons, right? It's exactly they're, what I was thinking. <laughs> they're very organic and beautiful and uh, they look like they've just sort of expanded and grown into this space. Um, there's a lot of times like greenery elements and floral elements tucked into it. Um, and I think as much as I hate this, it's all about that Instagram moment, right? They make great backdrops. They make great photo ops for guests to go and have this experience with. So they work really well as like photo booth backdrops. Um, and, and it's, they're, they're a big deal. Now, as someone who has, um, done a balloon arch i did it for a fundraising event i actually did it about four years ago now um, when they were very much just first starting out i saw it somewhere and i was like i'm gonna do that how am i gonna do that um i learned the hard way that balloon arches are extremely temperamental um they are not something you can do very far in advance they are super sensitive to temperature if you have even the slightest dip in temperature where that room gets a little bit cold your balloons will shrink and the entire design of it will change um for the (laughs) fundraising event i did it was three days long by sunday by the third day um they i was absolutely like filling in replacing balloons with your wedding you don't have the three-day aspect but you are having to do it in the very last moment now ideally you are not doing it as the couple there are people you can hire to do this but um it's always best to hire a professional for something like this even if you think it's just balloons how hard can it be um i'll tell you what we did a balloon installation um I wonder if you if you Pinterest balloon arch. Actually, if you Pinterest, I wonder DPNAC dinner by design. You will see the balloon arch. I did. Um, it, it it took um, me and three other people eight hours to put the whole thing together to assemble it to blow up the balloons to um, really create the whole thing. Eight hours. Um, I and again having the experience, you could probably do it quicker. But if you are new to it, it is a time suck. Yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah. This next one is is coming out of left field, if you ask me. I <laughs> I, I hate yeah. this next one so much. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I, I don't even like the word. Yeah. You don't Blech. like it either? No. People are like, no. what is it? Just tell us. Guys, it's velvet. Oh, yeah. velvet. Ugh. Velvet. Mainly for uh, things I, I like, like linen. I like the way it feels on me already. I can feel it. Me either. It gives me the heebie-jeebies, the goosies, if you will. Um, I yeah. think it's it's coming back to the the fact that we're we're seeing those like dark, moody, edgy, right? Like velvet's just meant for that. Like imagine like yeah. a, a, a dark emerald piece of velvet. It just has this like very rich feel. Um, personally, this is literally what I wrote in the document: "Ick, gross, and barf." <laughs> yeah, like, but that's how I feel about it. Can, can you imagine? So, like, all right, maybe if it's um. If it's like a big like winter coat for like a queen, you know, like I, I picture that as like in the movies where you got like that big white edging to it or whatever. But could you imagine like like taking velvet and making it modern and like maybe like a skinny pant tux? Ugh. Oh, I can't. Ugh. I can't because I can't. I can't Ugh. even wear um, corduroy because it has that like. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> oh anyway, my goodness. If- if you really love velvet, I'm sorry, we're just being super silly. Uh, yeah, but just say, yeah, yeah there's probably things. There's probably things that you absolutely are 
not liking either. Like some people don't like the word moist. Moist. Let's just say yeah. it a bunch and make them uncomfortable. Moist. That that word doesn't bother me. Uh, yeah. If you like velvet, bring out the velvet. It's do it. It's your year. Okay. What is it? The year of the pig. Bring out the velvet. Bring out. I don't know. Out. Anyway. Ooh, this is gonna be a- <sighs> okay. Enough with the velvet. Move on. The last thing we have. Uh, I'm actually really excited about it because yeah. um, I actually broke it down a little bit further, but. Break it down now. Uh, We're going to be talking about statement lighting. What is statement lighting, Danielle? Well, I'll tell you, Dan. (laughs) That was a really good impression to me. Oh, here's the thing about statement lighting. It's really amazing. And it makes a statement. Thanks, Dan. Um, So, yeah, statement lighting. Um, Guys, lighting your event is one of those ways that you can have a huge impact on the overall transformation of the room with a much lower investment cost than you might think and a much lower investment cost than a ton of other things like draping, um, florals, uh, huge decor pieces, things like that. Lighting is uh, a small thing that goes a long way. A long way. Huge differences. Yeah, and there's different ways you can go about it. Um, I think I have the three main ones that we see that I want to explain a little bit because I think it's super helpful. Um, yes. First being uplighting. So, Dan, do you want to explain what uplighting is? Yes. So, all right, think of a, just a big box room, right? You've just got a big box, and sometimes you've got maybe a chandelier or something in there, and you've got overhead lights. Well, these lights are lights that just go on the floor, around the perimeter of the walls and they literally just shine up on the walls now you might say like okay you know it doesn't sound that exciting but let me tell you that this is the number one most dramatic change that i feel like you can have for your uh for like changing the feel of your wedding right Uh, or the feel of your reception um it is a game changer. I feel like it's it's like base level. If you're just like, you know what, we want to change like the feel a little bit of our wedding. We want to just like do something a little different. Uplighting is ground zero. It is like the place you want to start. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, to do it, it's, there are different companies, lighting companies that are going to yep. do it really well. There's also a lot of DJs that offer it as a service. And mm-hmm. I've seen good and bad when it's coming coming from the DJs. Um, I think in order to really change the vibe of the room, you need to have, quote unquote, enough lights throughout the perimeter of the space. If your DJ is bringing four up lights into the, the room, it's really not going to do work. much of anything. Um, so you really want to have it enough. Um, and it doesn't even have to be that it's a color, right? Because yep. immediately you go like, I don't want my reception to be blue or red or green green right. or you know right. whatever um i just i don't want any of that i want my decor to really shine you can do up lighting in yep. what's called either a warm white a candlelight amber is really beautiful yep champagne all of these, yes all of these colors which depending on what lighting company you use they're all very similar colors that we're saying but they just give this glow and this vibe this beautiful vibe to the space um i personally love it one of the things that I love most about uplighting is that it can change your space just within the context of your reception throughout the couple of hours. So mm-hmm. when uh, Rachel and I got married, we had our uplighting change color. Now, not all places can do this. Most of them, I think, are starting to upgrade to like the full LEDs, but uh, most most companies that do this. But um, so we had like a champagne kind of color during dinner. And then as we started moving through the night, because let me put it this way. I didn't really want blue or purple party uh, uplighting. 
there when I was starting to to dance with my mom, right? Like it, it just that was a different vibe that I want. And I'm very uh, I'm a very visual person. So when the dancing started, I wanted it to look like how it felt. So that way, when you know the dance floor first opened up, there was a an actual change in the look of the space. We changed it to blue, and then he would change it sometimes to purple. And sometimes he could make the um the uplighting change and flash and move, which is kind of like a next level uplighting. But mm-hmm. again, it's just like, you know, going back to what you're saying that sometimes you don't want your whole room to be blue for the whole night. They can sometimes change the color throughout the night, which really lends itself to, um, uh, being able to put, you know, actual, uh, visual cues on like when things are ending. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. hundred percent. Um, moving on. So that's up. Oh, colors. Hold on. Wait, really quick. Oh. Colors. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. There's uh, like some do's and don'ts. You said some good oh, ones yes. are warm colors and whatever. Some don'ts in my opinion are red and green are major ones that you don't really want to stand by. Red can red kind of makes it feel a little bit dungeony. If you ask me, if, especially if it's a dark, <laughs> uh, darker, like a little bit dungeony, a little bit, uh, like, uh, Halloweeny is the best term for it. Mm-hmm. Green just does the worst things with people's skin tones. Um, mm-hmm. It like I love the color green. Like I love nature and being outside and leaves and stuff. But if you bring that like neon green inside, it just does not look good. It just really washes everybody, and makes them all look like the Hulk. So mm-hmm. no good. And if you uh, just to to give like a little cheat cheat version uh if you are stuck on what color to pick look at what colors you have on in your involved in your wedding and then go opposite on the color wheel so if you have a lot of blues and things like that in your wedding um opposite of blue on the color wheel i believe is orange so you could do like this really soft amber and suddenly you are complimenting your space yeah and um and bringing uh yellow's opposite purple dan okay (laughs) yes it is yes it is i will google it again okay are we talking um, about complimentary secondary or primary colors here i'm talking about the colors that are on uh color wheel dan that's what i'm talking about and here i will show you and for those watching along you will see that purple is opposite yellow and blue is opposite orange got it good yellow (laughs) anyway moving on so um the next bit of lighting that is much newer to our market um and way more uh, attainable than you might think is called pin spotting. Pin spotting are, pin spotting are small (laughs) spotlights that are usually mounted either from poles or generally just above. A lot of times they can be attached directly to the ceiling that will shine down on anything that you want to have this little mini spotlight on. It is not like if you think of a person standing on a stage like a spotlight. It is just this very gentle spotlight um, that you can put on anything that's non-moving in the room. So it's very often done on your wedding cake. It can easily be done on a sweetheart table to just kind of light you up without blinding you. Centerpieces that are on the tables um like i said they could be mounted on poles which isn't as pretty uh, my favorite kinds clip right into the ceiling and a lot of companies have the magnetic ones which are brilliant they're so cool they it's like track lighting right if you yep. go to a museum um there are there are lights that shine to enhance the artwork that's on the walls or on the statues whatever it is pin spotting is exactly that and it's way more uh, attainable than you might think um yeah. 
And if it's something where you feel like I don't have the budget to pin spot every little thing in the room, don't. You can easily do half of your tables. Like every other table gets a pin spot and it will take a a $100 centerpiece and make it look like a $500 centerpiece yeah, it's amazing. like that. And the thing to light, it does not cost that much. Sometimes I've seen people complain when it's like in, not an aftermarket, but it's a company who comes in and the poles aren't high enough. So they're at this like strange angle hitting the centerpiece and it's just blasting people in the eyes as well. Right. So that's just something to consider maybe as you, uh, if it's something you're interested in, whether it's part of the venue and the venue, uh, uses it as something one of their services or if you have to bring it in um and the the poles are you know not high enough or something like that right okay so we talked about uplighting where the light yep. is shining up onto the wall we talked about pin spotting where you are spotlighting down onto a non-moving object and then the last thing i want to talk about before we wrap up this episode is dance floor lighting Ooh. um if you can do one thing that we talk about in this episode if you are having a dance element to your event Dance floor lighting, I will go out on a limb and say is a must-have. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so dance floor lighting is the lighting that is focusing right on your dance floor. Um, it moves sometimes and changes with the music, but it just sort of creates this, um, I don't want to say club-like vibe because it's not what it is, but it just creates this safe space for people to feel comfortable to go out and, and be part of. I've seen weddings with dance floor lighting, and I've seen weddings without dance floor lighting, and the energy is significantly lower when that lighting element isn't there and it's just a sort of dark dance floor yeah do you know what i mean or yep. worse a completely yep. bright lit room dance floor because there's there's no lighting or dimming involved at all yeah so dance floor lighting oh yeah go ahead sorry dan no it's just that it um it it takes the space it like i said it makes it look like you want it to feel and i think that's a big yes. part like like have you ever just been like the only person dancing in a brightly lit room no, you probably haven't, unless you're like <laughs> me, um, who just doesn't, you know. Yeah, Danielle. <laughs> I'll dance anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, like I just, I don't really care, like what, I, I like being silly, right? And I, some, I like, I like being the center of attention. Um, and, uh, but you know, for a lot of people, it's like you want them to, to have the courage to get up and out there. And sometimes, if it's like, if it's expected that things are, you know, there's party lights, whatever you want to call it, it just allows people to just. Uh, go out there a little bit easier than if if it's just a you know guy playing music and it's dark or bright you know what I mean right and it guides people right it guides them through the experience that you want them to have in the wedding when they see that immediate and immediately a trigger goes off in their brain that's like ooh that's where the party's happening right <laughs> that's where you, that's where you want to be you want to be where that energy and that activity is so I do know that um, a uh. lot of DJs, bands will automatically provide this for you. If it's not specifically listed that they will or won't, ask them. Um, it's 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 a yep. very easy question. They should know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. And please, for the love of God, have them not put the laser lights on. Any other kind of lights are amazing. Flashy ones, colorful ones, but the ones that have like the little laser dots that go everywhere, unless you want to have laser dot points all over people's faces and bodies in your pictures chicken pox yeah no go on that one in my opinion <laughs> no go yeah yeah so like i said Ooh. i've seen i've seen weddings with and without um i tell you what if if you could do only one thing dance floor lighting should be number one yeah love especially, it. especially like obviously if you're not having a dj or a band then don't have dance floor lighting but yes <laughs> okay whoa <gasps> whoa 
Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Guys, before we wrap up this episode, we just want to take a moment to give like huge shouts and hugs and virtual high fives to all of our Patreon supporters. Your encouragement is the best thing in the entire world, and we're constantly blown away by your generosity. To join this fabulous community of ringers and help us reach our goals for the show, guys, check out patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, like put a ring on it. There's different options starting at just $1 a month and some really fun things waiting for you, like video recordings, hangouts with Dan and I, and a place to have your wedding questions answered. Uh, if money's tight, though, we get it. That's all good. You know, Keep enjoying this podcast as our gift to you uh, as long as we need. Exactly. We still love you no matter what. And if you want some more details on anything that we talked about in today's episode, as always, you can find the show notes at putaringonitpodcast.com. And of course, you're more than welcome to connect with us on all the socials. I'm DPNAC, D-P-N-A-K on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And I'm at Daniel Moyer Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moyer Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. Guys, remember, we are here to help you. But no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing. Because you rock. Until next time, ringers. <laughs> <laughs>